and welcome to Mumming It, the podcast where we chat all things parenthood. I'm Harriet Shearsmith and I am indeed mumming it in my way with my three kids, but I want to know what that looks like for other parents. If you like the podcast, don't forget to check out my book, also called Mumming It, available in all good bookshops and online. Hi everyone, welcome back. Today's guest is someone who I have more recently discovered on Instagram and I am absolutely loving following her. She never fails to make me smile, never fails to make me giggle. She is an actress. She is a real legend in all senses of those words, really. The real (laughs) Fanta Queen, mum of twins. It is, of course, Jane Dowen. Hello, how are you? Ah, hello. I'm good, thank you. Very good. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Thank you for coming on. So I wanted to chat to you really about all of the things that you've been doing recently on Insta and how you have got into what you've been doing and fitting it around your busy life. I think you have, is it four-year-old twins? Yes, four and a half-year-old twins. Yeah, starting school in September. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know what? I was dreading it forever. I've always dreaded it. But actually now, it really feels like it's time for their man for me, actually. So I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> it's a funny feeling, isn't it? When they first start. Yeah. Because I remember when Ruben first started, I was really anxious. And mm. I just remember thinking, oh, you're going to gold my baby. And then it got less so with each child. And I think I could see when they were ready for it. It didn't yeah. take away the fact that I was like, it's school big thing but I could see that it was time and that it was something that they needed as much as you know I needed (laughs) yeah 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 for sure I think it's definitely time for them and yeah it's time for me as well you know I need some time I need some time twin life I have three families together but twin life is a whole other bag how have you coped with twin life Well, like, to be honest, I don't know any different. So when two babies were plonked on my chest, that's just how it went. Do you know what I mean? I didn't know any different. And it was, it was really hard in the beginning because they just needed constant feeding and you don't sleep. And it's just, I just remember there was always a baby crying for the first year of their life. Always a baby crying. Stuff like that was tough. But then actually when they got to sort of 18 months, two years, they had a ready-made best friend. So that's quite helpful sometimes. They can kind of keep each other busy and entertained and I don't have to play with shop stuff or <laughs> play is the worst thing for me like I can paint yeah. with you but sweet baby Jesus do not ask me to play Barbies I don't have to do that because they don't want me to play they've got each other they in the twin life here. do you know what it is hard of course it's hard but do you know what I always say to people it's not twice as hard it can't be twice as hard it just can't be because when you're a new mum you're knackered anyway so just being that little bit more knackered you're just knackered so I don't Knackered is knackered, it, isn't it? Exactly. So I, I don't think it's twice as hard. And I know people that have had triplets. I know people that have had triplets that have currently got a toddler. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going to have to work to sell that one, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think our journey to having them was such a tricky, turbulent time that actually I was just so grateful to have two healthy babies So I think that helped a lot because during the periods when we had a really tricky pregnancy, but they were IVF anyway. So it was, you know, a journey to have them. I think 
we were so relieved that they were here finally and they were safe that it didn't matter as much. I don't know, because I, I just would have given anything for them to be okay and then they were. You forget those times now a bit. A bit I just, at, I think everybody time. does that, don't they? I swear to God, it is how we trick ourselves into having more when we've had either a really <laughs> rocky pregnancy or when we've had a really rocky start to things because you sit there and you're like, oh, think of all those little cuddles, think of all those wonderful things. And you totally forget the cracked nipples and the not being able to sleep and the not being able to do anything without having this extra human attached to you and the actual getting used to that but one of the things that I think comes across really well on your social medias is that you see the positive in things and you've just done it then in life you've instantly gone to the positive so how do you do (laughs) I'm a bit like that I'm not always like don't get me wrong I have bad days of course I do you know I get in strops or whatever but I am a little bit rose tinted not for everything but I do try and see the positive in stuff <laughs> to the annoyance of my friends sometimes so I'm like yeah but guys actually if we just look at it like this but I know I do I do I like to see the best in people I like to see positives out of negatives I don't know really I think it's a coping mechanism but it works for me sometimes there are no negatives to be found in a situation but then there normally is you can normally find something so that you learn something from it or it doesn't seem a complete waste of time when something goes wrong I do try and stay positive yeah I try (laughs) I love that you know because I think if I'm completely honest with myself I'm a natural pessimist and I'm really quick to be glass half empty and I have to work really bloody hard to be like actually no reframe this and think Mm. of it positively and I'll do it with everything like I'll look at something and I'll be like yeah that's really great but what about this and my brain just automatically goes to that negative spin on it so to hear the flip side of it and you'd be like actually sometimes I really irritate my friends because I'm really quick to look for the positive I love that and I think that is something that we could all do with doing a bit more (laughs) to actually actively seek out that positive I do work on it I'm not saying I'm particularly yeah yeah but I work on it so do you feel then that being able to do that because I I first came across you really at the beginning of the year and sort of that horrible winter lockdown when it was naff (laughs) there's no other way to put it it was horrible yeah it was dire it was lonely and just rubbish and you were like a little ray of sunshine on social media you really were and you kind of had this positive even when you were doing reels about covid it Mm. made you laugh because it was what everybody was thinking and it just gave us that lift do you think Mm. that you've been able to jump into reels because god knows reels took me a time to actually accept was like i'm not doing it i refuse (laughs) and then you just came to the realization that all right so we've got to do it great (laughs) i mean i love doing it now but i again i sit back and i wait and think do i want to get involved in that hence the reason everybody has a podcast and i've only on season two (laughs) season eight yeah do you think that your natural ability to look for the positive has helped you kind of jump into that and see the positive throughout the lockdown Maybe. So my kind of journey to it was I only started Instagram during the first lockdown. I mean, as in I had an Instagram account with 400 followers that, you know, but I didn't, I posted like a picture of my roast dinner or something. Do you know what I mean? I like, I didn't even know, I didn't even really know what Instagramming was. And then the first lockdown happened. I'd always sung I'm an actor, but I'd always sung, but never done it for work, really. And I just had this urge to 
get the microphone down from the loft and sing something. I don't know why, I just did. Thank God I did, because that is where it all started. I remember, so remember like having this like, I just need to do it, I just need to do it. Mark was like, what are you, what are you talking about, babe? I was like, I don't know, I just need to go and sing something, I don't know. Anyway, so I sang this song and I put it on Facebook. I was more a Facebook person back then. And people were just really appreciative of somebody singing something and, and I really liked doing it. And I did a couple more and people were just very sweet. And then I thought, oh, do you know what? Do you know what I've always wanted to do? I've always wanted to do one of those parody things. And I spoke to my mate who does a lot of comedy. She kind of talked me through it a bit. And she was like, just do it, just just do it. I went, all right then, I will. So I did it, I put it on Instagram and you know, for then, for 400 followers, it did quite well. And then it just grew from there and grew from there. And actually at the time Reels came out, I'd been saying, oh, I need something else to do where I can give people quick snippets of comedy because these parodies, I mean, oh my word, they take me an age. You know, they can take me days to write, two or three days to film, a day to edit, then I have to caption it all. I mean, it's honestly like a week and a half's work. And for Instagram, you know, you need more content than that. And also I didn't want to just do that all the time because I wouldn't have room to breathe basically. So it was at a time when I was like, right, I need to find ways of doing short snippets of comedy that I can put out more regularly. And then like, ta -da -da, the Instagram <laughs> like the Instagram spoke to you. <laughs> yeah. I was actually on holiday when Reels came out and I remember them going off and me being like, what are these? I didn't understand it at all. I, did, I didn't get it. And then I saw some other accounts sort of doing it and doing it in the way that I would utilize it. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, that's, oh my, this is perfect. So it worked for me. There. And I just loved it. And I love coming up with the ideas or, you know, right now I've kind of doing a lot of sketches as well, like writing the sketches and yeah, I just really like it. And I love that it brings people, especially in the period where it was so depressing and so dark, just a smile, like a bit of positivity. I've had the most beautiful messages from followers just really genuine messages just saying you know I've had a really horrible time they might have lost someone in their family or you know they're going through a divorce or just something really horrible in their lives and they they just say you know your page is a go-to and it honestly helps me to get through the day and I was like how amazing is that like silly old me helping somebody you know by being can I swear I probably won't swear no I won't swear but you know fine can I <laughs> by being a massive twat um, <laughs> indeed but, but it's really lovely and actually aside from the fact it is turning more into my job nowadays and all of those bits and pieces actually just to come back to the basics of it doing that is so lovely and it's my favorite bit about the whole thing so yeah that was a really long-winded answer no <laughs> it's not because it's brilliant to see how much you enjoy doing it and how passionate you are about it and how it's becoming a career for you or an addition to your already career that you can really delve into but it's something that you started because you just had that urge and because you just felt yeah. passionate about it I've noticed that on your channels you don't tend to get your kids involved in them as much but do you think it's something no. you would do or are you going to keep that to the no I would love to have them involved more because they're so beautiful. But I just, I get so nervous, especially in the early days, a couple of things went viral and I got trolled quite badly. I just thought, God, if someone trolls them, I don't great. want that in my, yeah, I just don't want it in my vicinity. I just, even though those people are so insignificant and I know, you know, it ultimately doesn't matter. I know they're brilliant and anybody that knows and loves me knows they're brilliant. And by the way, I don't judge anybody that does at all, not even slightly. I just, for me and for like, 
to keep me feeling comfortable about it all. I don't. I do sometimes use them a little bit and I'll kind of use a side profile or, you know, I'll have them in the background a bit. Your comfort zone is kind of not to have their faces on there and that's what works yeah. for you. And I've always said that there's so many different ways to exist on social media. Everybody's going to have different opinions on it. And when it's something like that, I don't think anybody is ever right or wrong. It's yeah, 100%. It's difference of preference. Yeah, yeah. My kids have always been online with us they're kind of growing up with it as well and it wasn't until really a couple of years ago we had a few trolley comments um about Edith's behavior and that kind of thing and it was aimed at her and it was the first time I'd sort of thought hang on a minute that's not fair because say what you like about me it's probably fair (laughs) some of the time I can be a bit (laughs) of a dick and I will take (laughs) that on board but when it comes to children it's that very fine line of deciding what comfort zone you have and I know a lot of people especially as their profiles have grown have made the decision to stop sharing their children as their children yeah. have grown. and some really high profile people have kind of stepped away from it so I think it's yeah. very much personal preference and I love seeing kids getting involved in reels and yeah it's really great I also really love seeing people like yourself who are doing it for them and it's not a family thing it's not like uh, we're all going to do it together but it seems to be just something that is for you that you can enjoy that's the other thing behind it is that it is something that is just mine as well exactly what you say as in I haven't had something that's been mine for a really long time and it's something that started on a whim but I have worked so hard on it like it's not an accident do you know what I mean as in people always go oh my god you've grown so quickly and I know I have and I'm so grateful and part of that of course is a bit of luck but it's also been hours and hours and hours of graft I'm working on it all the time basically not all the time I do to like look after my kids and stuff but it didn't happen by accident I didn't just get lucky I do work really really hard on it maybe that's not fair because it's a funny old game Instagram and I'm sure other people are working just as hard and not growing at the same rate of course and in that sense I guess I have been lucky but yeah it's not I don't just wing it it's a lot of thought that goes into it and a lot of planning and writing and it's a full-time job (laughs) it really is and I think it's quite easy because social media can be seen as something quite fluffy and you get influencers that will kind of take the picture that's just like that and it's just a two minute snap and then that's it. And I think the perception is that everything is kind of done within a few minutes and then you get all of this clout for it or you get all of these ads or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. And actually it takes a hell of a long time to get there and it takes a lot of graft and it takes a yeah. lot of confidence as well to put yourself out there. Like I love watching parodies. I actually wouldn't be confident enough to film one. Yeah. I really wouldn't be. And I admire that because I love them, but it's not something that I would be confident to do. Have you always been really confident? I am and I'm not. Yeah, I guess I am quite confident. I guess that would be fair to say. It is hard putting yourself out there. Do you know what my main thing is if I find it funny? If I find it funny, then I go with it because I think, well just your average person there's going to be other people that are average and find it funny like me you know not calling my followers average or or me average actually but you know what I mean (laughs) Um, I get what I mean 
it's, it's so, coming from and, your, your people, isn't it? Yeah, a couple of times I've put stuff out that I haven't particularly liked, but I thought, well, I've worked on it now. And sometimes it backfires and it, you know, it flops and it doesn't do that well. And I go, well, I, I bloody knew that. Why did I put it out? And other times you surprise yourself. I had one go viral once that I was like, I mean, no one's going to find this funny. It's so crude. I sat on it for a week because I thought no one would watch it. It got 3.6 million views. It was the poo one. The coffee poo one. And <laughs> yeah, the coffee poo one. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as you said it was quite crude, I was like, I know this. I know which it's one should be. Poo. Because it was funny because every single person will have that morning coffee and then need to go to yeah. the toilet. Yeah. And it's it might so be true. Food, but it's true and it's life and it's funny. Because yeah. if we don't laugh yeah. at life, we'll just cry, especially lately. Yeah, exactly. So I've got one I've written, another sketch, which is more about sort of feminine stuff. And um, I'm a bit dubious. I've spoken to a couple of other accounts. But the minute you mention a vagina or a tampon, you f- like followers just say bye. It's really strange. I don't know why, but it's really funny. And I've been sitting on it for ages. And I think I am going to just film it and put it out there and say, look, if you can't take a bit of feminine comedy, yes. then, you know. Not for me. Not for me. I think I've come back to the realisation of just how funny our bodies can be since my... <laughs> My middle child has suddenly become quite intrigued by what is happening to the body. And after his older brother, who's 10, was having talks about puberty, Toby, who is the middle one at eight, was suddenly like, we've bought a book called How to Grow Up and Feel Amazing, The No Worries Guide for Boys. It's by Dr. Ranch and it is brilliant. But it kind of describes everything within puberty with drawings. So Toby flicked to one page and bam, there's a vulva. And you can just see him looking going, what is Ooh. and then he flicked to the next page and they're not they're drawings they're not photos but they're just yeah there as drawings to say these are what the parts of the body are called and it talks about you know ovaries and that kind of thing to get them ready for the sex talk yeah and you can just see the look on his face he's like wow they're all it's all <laughs> gross and it really made me giggle because it just made me think actually when you think about it all our bodies are equal parts wonderful and equal parts gross and if you can't have a giggle yeah. at that then that's a real yeah. sad thing because they are funny you know they make all sorts of noises and do all sorts of things I think if we see things a bit more how kids would see things with just a bit of a giggle then we'll get on a lot better 100% that's so funny the boys so they're only four and a half but we have a newsletter come home to say that they were going to have the anatomy chat at school so if you weren't comfortable you kind of had to flag it so they said you know we're going to be calling ladies parts of a vulva boys a penis and so the boys got in the car the other day and one of them went Mummy, mummy, my winkle is my penis. I was like, oh, great. You've had the chat then. That's, that's good. So I thought, well, we'll do a little, we'll do a little lesson in the car on the way home. So I said, sweetheart, so what's, what's mummy's bits called? And he said, I swear down your hairy ball. <laughs> I was like, what? No, it's my vulva. And then I'm in the car driving them back going, no, it's my vulva, not my hairy ball, my vulva. I was like, hold on a minute. I didn't sign up for this. I agreed that he could have the chat at school. I don't need to be having I a chat I expected them to have dealt with this. Yeah. Like... And now my son is calling my bits a hairy ball, which to be honest. <laughs> I mean, if they were talking about me, it's not too far from the truth, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Toby once referred to it as a Volvo. <laughs> <Which> was... <laughs> 
deeply uncomfortable when we both drive Volvo. <laughs> we just sat there like, ooh. Oh. No. He was a bit confused as to why there was an ad on TV for a Volvo and then realised that they were very different things. Oh, that's brilliant. They come out with the funniest things, though. When you hear things like that, does that ever inspire your reels, especially when you do your mum reels? Just the funny day-to-day with yeah. your kids. To be honest, that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am inspired all the time by everyday stuff that happens. Something all just happened to me in the day. Something really silly, like, I don't know if you saw it, I did a reel a while back, and it was sort of a mini sketch about moving the pan, the dirty soaking pan, over from the hob to the sink, and it inevitably splashes all over the floor. The pan was a, was a sort of a person, I personified it. And that all happened just literally because I moved the pan over one day, splashed all over the floor, and I went, I bet this happens to everybody. Maybe a reel about it turns out it does happen to everybody because it did quite well that's what's so great about making relatable comedy just live your life and you'll find your content i think with a lot of comedy it's that i worked with an actress called ashley b who's huge now but i worked with her when she was still absolutely fabulous but you know she wasn't a household name let's say back then i worked with her on two jobs i worked with her on a job called quick cuts and another one the delivery man and she just always had a notebook with her and she was always writing down stuff all the time and she's now written an amazing comedy and I think they just I think they're filming their second series now and she's just brilliant she's just flown she's doing so so well and I'm sure it's because she just you know she's always writing anything that happens I'm sure she's just taking from it and writing about it and it's kind of made me think if I want to carry on writing comedy because I do want to I want to write sitcoms and stuff I'd love to do that I think it's about always having that notebook on you basically and always being ready to write down ideas and stuff I always have notebooks everywhere now. There's like five around the house because if I get an idea, I just quickly write it down. You did that's yeah. such a good idea for everything in life though, whether your goal is to kind of do the comedy like you're saying and write sitcoms yeah. and that sort of thing or whether you are a writer or whatever it is that you are going into to have notebooks because life is our inspiration. So yeah. with you mentioning you've worked with actors and actresses before, yeah. how did you get into that? That's your foundation, isn't it? I kind of knew that I wanted to be in the arts from the start. I didn't go to sort of a stage school or anything like that. But when I got to 16 and I was going to do my A-levels, I'd heard about the Brit School in Croydon, which is a performing arts college. It's the most incredible place. But it certainly was when I was there, but it's a non-fee school. So it's literally just on talent and it's it's just an incredible place. And I think it used to be funded by the, the Brit Awards. So it's, it's just a great place to be. The staff are incredible. Facilities are great. The talent is just brilliant. Adele was there. I think she was like the year below me, maybe. Amy Winehouse went there for a while. It does cultivate some real talent. Spider-Man went there. What's his name? Tom no. Holland. Tom Holland went there, yeah. You know, I, I, there's no way I could not know that because I have a 10-year-old child who would have busted through the door then and been like, Mommy. <laughs> And it was really awkward because we had a reunion last... Well, no, actually, it must have been two years ago because it was pre-COVID. They had a sort of 10-year reunion. I think it was 10 years of being... No, it might have been longer. Can't remember. But it was a reunion. And um, I went with a couple of friends who were in my year and I rocked up. I was like, yeah. There was like a couple of hundred people there, maybe a few more. And uh, there was a guy that I really recognised. I was like, gosh, he looks younger than me, though. Kind of been in my year. I really recognise him. Maybe he was in my year. And then I realised it was Tom Holland. I was like, oh, why I recognise him. Cool guy though. Such a cool guy. Like he came down the local pub with everybody. I love um, it. So yeah, I went there and then when I finished there, you finish when you're 18, I 
decided to go to drama school. So I went to drama school in London and was there for three years. And then they kind of get you ready, I guess, for the real world of acting. So they put a showcase on in town in the West End. That's how I got my first agent. And then, yeah, I have jobbed, I guess. I graduated in 2007. So I have been jobbing for the last 14 years, but it's, I've always had to have another side hustle. I have done a couple of stints in the West End and a couple of tours. So obviously for that period, you're just doing that. But when that ends, you know, there's always space before you start the next thing with telly stuff again. And with commercials, you know, that there's small snippets and then you're back to reality. You need to pay the rent or mortgage in, in another way. So when COVID hit, there was none of that. I mean, I've always found acting quite hard anyway, but there was nothing to audition for. So I, I think in that way, it was kind of keeping the creativity going. Now, what I'd ideally like to do at some point is kind of marry the two, you know. My acting agent is fully on board with it all and she you know is always copied into everything my digital agent sorts out and it's kind of a three-way thing <laughs> we all know what's going on and and yeah I do I very much still want to do acting I really want to get back into theatre now the boys are starting school that's something I can seriously start thinking about again because up until now I couldn't how do you feel because there's quite a lot of talk about how motherhood especially with the arts and things it really affects your ability to get involved in that and how massively has your experience of that been have you found that actually becoming a mum has led you to the point where you haven't been able to get as much yeah I think so no probably just the things you can't even put yourself up for so until now basically and the boys are starting school theatre was just a no because I can't commit to you know a five-week rehearsal period who's going to look after the boys for five weeks and you know because Mark my husband works full-time and what am I going to do when I've got you know shows on a Wednesday afternoon who's going to you know it just it just wasn't viable but I feel like with them starting school it's quite it'll be easier to hopefully sort out wraparound care because also there's not masses of money in theatre quite often so it's not like getting an amazing film and being paid crazy amounts of money so that you can facilitate whatever childcare you want you know with theatre it's not masses of money so I mean it can it can be okay but it's not it's not huge well not I haven't had experience of it being huge so you know you can't just pay out for high-end childcare because you wouldn't come home with anything and then what would be the point so yeah it is tough and I think there are groups of mums trying to help out and sort of do groups where there's always someone in town to look after the children during auditions and, and whatsapp groups and stuff like that which is great but it would be lovely if there was more because I know so many women that had to stop when they had children or rein it right back in until they started school it's a shame that hopefully with everything moving towards us getting more support and you know mother pucker doing her thing hopefully in the not too distant future it's such a shame isn't it because it rules women who've had kids somewhat out of the pool and that's a huge talent pool to lose these people yeah that have gone on just because they've made that decision to procreate and i know yeah. mother pucker has spoken about it on numerous occasions that you know that childcare and things why isn't it there and why isn't it an option because you're losing out on and it's in every industry really talented people that could otherwise get involved and mm. you know who maybe don't want to step back 
but who haven't had the chance. And I think that's why there has been such a boom in seeing people on social media carving out paths for themselves, because how else are they going to do it? How else are they going to get out there unless they do it for themselves when Mm. everything seems so stacked against you once you have kids? Yeah, it's been amazing. I kind of can't get over the fact that this started just over a year ago and it's turned into something I just, I I just, that's just not what, I didn't even think in my wildest dreams it would be this. That wasn't what I had, I didn't even know you could do it. I didn't know you could kind of make a job out of it. I didn't really realise. So, and that's amazing. And, and, you know, because I'm feeding my creativity, I'm bringing in a wage and helping to support my family, which is amazing. It's helping me to flex that muscle of writing and I'm learning more about how to write stuff. And yeah, it's great. It's not what I thought it was Instagram. Of course, there are some downsides of it. There absolutely are. But there are also some really wonderful things about it that are not to be knocked, I think. Yeah, I agree. You know, most guests that I speak to have either been involved in social media in some way or another. And they've all said the same, that yes, there are so many ways in which it can be a negative, but Mm. there are also so many ways in which, you know, you can find your community. And like you said, even down to the WhatsApp group of people offering childcare for each other, it's all done to connect us in one way or another. And I think that's a brilliant thing when you do auditions and things how have you found that process with motherhood I know you mentioned before that it could be quite tough if you've not got the childcare and that kind of thing have you ever Mm. taken the boys along to an audition or how's it work out for you so it's really tough so a lot of auditions happen in Soho and they're up sort of skinny flights of stairs sometimes three or four flights of stairs so when the boys were younger, it was out of the question because I had a double buggy. I physically couldn't. I remember but the I do. Oh, the double buggy days. But I'm really lucky in that my parents don't live too far. They're half an hour away and they do help me where they can. You know, they've got their own lives and they've got my brother and sister who've got their kids as well. But I think without them, I would have really struggled to, to audition, really. It's not been an issue of late because everything is on self-tape. I haven't had a face-to-face audition in, gosh, well, since just before COVID. So even now as things are opening up, everything is on self-tape. Yeah, so you film it at home. Which in one way I'm like, that's kind of good, but I do miss being on a train with a pret, you know, <laughs> having pret-a-manger and having my time. And also I feel like I don't do that well in self-tapes because I feel like, I don't know, I just feel I'm better in person. And also I'm such a perfectionist that when I have to do a self-tape, I just re-record and re-record and re-record because I'm like, don't like it, don't like it, don't like it. Whereas in an audition room, you just don't have the opportunity to do that. Do you know what? A lot of the time, especially even with things like reels, I always go for my first take anyway. Right. So Quite often I go back to the first one. Oh, that's so funny. You've recorded it and recorded it and recorded it and thought, no, I'm not having this. I don't like this. And then you've gone back to your first one anyway. That happens all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That is funny. That's tickled me. (laughs) So how did you find pregnancy affected you within the acting world? Well, to be honest... I wasn't really doing it then because, and I I hope it wasn't related, but the agent I was with at the time, who I'm not with now, I kind of gave her the heads up that I was starting the IVF journey and that was cool. Now, I can't remember if I was pregnant or they'd just been born, but the agency disbanded and she went to go and work with a different agency and didn't take me with her. In her defence, like, my career wasn't rocketing at the time, so I can't just blame it on the fact that, you know, I was a bit out of action having been pregnant and stuff. But in the same respect, it left me heavily pregnant without an agent, which was a bit daunting. But actually, I think, as I say, after the journey we'd had with the pregnancy, I think 
having a couple of years of just me just doing that, I don't think I could have added anything else into the mix. I think it would have been too much. So I think everything happens for a reason. There she is, putting the rose tinted glasses on. And then the weirdest thing happened, because normally when you want an agent, it's, you know, it's quite laborious. You have to write lots of emails, you, you know, go meet them. It, it can take a while to get anyone. But weirdly, my agent contacted me through a thing called Spotlight. It's the actor's directory that all actors are on. And she had contacted them. I think she'd seen my picture. I don't know what she'd been looking for, because there's so many of us on Spotlight, like literally... I think there might be hundreds of thousands on Spotlight. I don't, but I mean, there's a lot of people. I might be overworking it. I reckon there's a hundred thousand people. I'm going to say the world. And yeah, she she came across me and she said, "Can I meet you?" And I was like, "Yes." I knew who they were. They're, they're a really decent agency. So I went in and met her. We just got on really well. And she said, "Do you do you want to come on board?" I was like, "Absolutely." And it was just the weirdest thing because it was just the timing. I'd been saying to my girlfriends over that sort of month before, "I really feel like I need to start getting back into it," but I got no idea how to even approach getting an agent like who's going to be interested but two small kids anyway so yeah that was that and, that and now she looks after my acting stuff and you know it's tough always struggle to get in the room always but I have also done some really lovely jobs like I did a beautiful film just before lockdown called hope which is doing a few festivals this year it's been entered into a few and got into a few totally different from my mum and a mic world it's a drama it's a beautiful short film directed beautifully and shot beautifully that DOP flew in from New York to film it and it's actually shot on 35 millimeter film it's just gorgeous and yeah there's lots of crying it's just very very different to my mum and a mic stuff but I'm equally as passionate about that I still want to do drama I love doing drama especially on the screen I also like being a twat on Instagram so <laughs> it's range it's range yeah I've got range you've got range you can be like this is what <laughs> I do on my reels on Instagram yeah this is my twat range yeah. and this yeah. is where I sit with this range exactly do you find that pregnancy discrimination is quite a thing in the industry even if you didn't want to call what happened to you pregnancy discrimination do you know what I don't no is the honest answer and I wouldn't want to pin it on it without kind of having reason to say do you know what I mean I feel like some of my friends have had really lovely experiences when they've been pregnant and had babies a friend of mine was on Holby and they were great with her and she shot right up until she was I'm not sure 34 weeks pregnant I think and then her little boy was in it after he was born I'm sure that's right and I did a telly job when the boys were really small they were eight months and they offered I do know the producer on that a lovely lovely lady but she did offer to if I needed childcare, there would be childcare on set for me so I think it really depends it depends on the job and it depends on what the ethos of the company and the producers are and I just think like in all industries it just ranges so I'd like to think I feel like you know acting and the industry sometimes is forward thinking with a lot of stuff I hope I think that certainly will be companies that are helping to provide it but there's still obviously a long way to go, like in all industries, to just, yeah, allow us to get back to work without feeling guilty about it, I guess, or, you know, physically or financially not being able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's that financial and physical ostracization. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's cutting us out because mm. we've had those babies. 
the more people that I speak to, the more people across the board in so many different industries that has happened to. Did you do something before you did Instagram? What was your, what was your job? Before I did Instagram, I worked in mother care, which I can now say because they, they're not a thing anymore. <laughs> I used to say uh-huh. retail, but yeah, I worked in mother care. And what really prompted me to get involved in social media and to start my blog, because at the time it was more blogging and that kind of thing when I started about nine years ago, was because I wanted to be with my kids and I wanted to create a career around my kids so that I didn't have to ask anyone can I go to the nativity can I go and do what really fueled it for me was I remember asking my boss one day if I could go to I think it was Ruben's nativity and she just sort of said look no you're either gonna have to find someone to cover your shift or you're gonna have to miss it because you just can't I, I can't rearrange that and she'd had plenty of notice but it was just almost like a a trigger for me to think do you know what yeah this is not going to be for me and I want to create something where I'm in charge of my own life which is how I got into it good old mother care in the retail section that is what I did beforehand so anything to do with prams home and travel I'm you (laughs) fit you a car seat (laughs) did you leave your job and then start Instagram from scratch or did you already have No, I kept working. So I worked all through Toby and Edith's pregnancies. And then when I went on mat leave with Edith, I didn't go back after that. Yeah. And that's when you built up your Instagram in that period. Yeah. Instagram really started to build after Edith was born. But the blog was already quite well known before that. The blog had had a couple of years to mature and to get where it was along with Twitter and that kind of thing, which I watch Twitter like the plague now. Uh, Because it just seems hostile place so I would occasionally dip my toes and consider it and then I come back out and go to the friendlier Instagram and I go over to check you know is Instagram down I go and ask and then I'll come back to Instagram I didn't know that I didn't know that it was hostile I I just don't ever go on it ever so I just wouldn't know yeah no I always find Twitter can be I think because it's a place where news is quite often discussed people are and especially now since the pandemic people are so it's not even opinionated because we've always is being opinionated or I certainly have anyway but it's people are quite volatile with each other and we seem to have lost the art a little bit of just talking to each other and taking different points of view and going yeah okay you think differently to me cool and yeah on from it it gets quite bickery now and I've noticed that on quite a few social media platforms really so I stick in my happy area which is usually Instagram <laughs> it's usually over there where everybody's friendly and everybody just wants to have fun and be nice to one another yeah a hundred percent so if you had to give a top tip for twin mums what would it be for mums in general so a friend of mine she gave me this piece of advice when the boys were really little and it's always stuck with me so at the end of the day if you've had a really bad day whatever day it is if your children are warm if your children know they are loved and if your children are still breathing then you have done what you need to do and you're a great mum I always remind myself of that when I have bad days I'm like oh god I I fed them crap or I shouted at them or you know I didn't do enough with them today I wasn't engaged enough today. I just remind myself that tomorrow's a new day, but actually today, you know, they've been fed, they've been watered, they're warm, they know they're loved, they're still alive, it's fine. Because, you know, as long as they're still alive, it's fine. Yeah, I think mum guilt's such a bitch. 100%. <laughs> it is. It's horrendous. And it's one of those things that 
I don't think it matters who you are, what you do. It seems to affect us all and it seems Mm. to get its little claws in us. And like you say, it's not even a case of that you've done the bare minimum or anything. It's that you have loved your children today, even if you've made mistakes and allowing yourself that kind of breather to be a human Mm. being who maybe has got a bit shouty. I know dinner times at the minute, I lose my temper because they're either not eating and I've just, I'm knackered at the end of the day and I've spent all that time cooking and all they're messing about and I'm just yeah you know when you just think I'm going to lose my temper and you're trying desperately not to or you do and then that mum guilt starts to get at you because you think why why have I done that I I should have stayed calmer so I really like that that if they are warm and they know they're loved and they're alive you've done a good enough job and you can kind of pat yourself on the back and go actually I've done okay and yeah yeah I've done my role. We're we're just humans at the end of the day, you know. We're not always going to be perfect. I think if you try and strive for perfection... I'm sure there there may be a few out there. But it's, it's, you know, we're humans. We have bad days. We have life, hormones, lots of things that mean that, you know, it doesn't always go to plan. And we're not perfect and we're going to make mistakes. Of course we're going to make mistakes. So I think it's just reminding ourselves of that and just, you know, do they feel loved? Yes. Are they safe? Yes. Are they alive? Yes. Then tick, tick, tick. You're a good mum. Congratulations. (laughs) Well done. Well, thank you so very much for taking the time to come and chat to me. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much been lovely it has been absolutely fab to speak to you can you let my listeners know where they can find you i'm mainly on instagram at mum and a mic so it's mum underscore and underscore a underscore mike underscore and then over on facebook i'm just mum and a mic no underscores those are the only kind of two places i am at the moment who knows though who knows what will be in the future are you coming for tiktok oh god i'm on tiktok i'm awful see i can't self-promote any i am on tiktok i think all the underscores are there as well i think it's mum and a mic with underscores underneath all those yeah I I started that really recently and yeah it's it's doing all right over there actually yeah my goal is to kind of get on TikTok everybody keeps saying to me no you need to go on TikTok and I'm like "Mm, if you're making the content anyway you might as well yeah might as well be on there so TikTok we're coming (laughs) thank you so much thank you so much